Hi, I'm Doug Hecht from Walla. And I am mildly panicked about the social aspects of remote work. Hello, Kane how Nett. are we? Knut That's me. Jensen. Known by many do names. Have, do you have a middle name? Yeah, but we're not going to go there. Well, we just did. <laughs> the fact that we can't it's, go there it only makes me want to go there. It's Ivan, but it's not written the way you think. Someone in the family shhhed up in a Bulgarian? Nope. In the mid-centuries? No. Nope. Nope. No, huh? Well, we never know, but... There's according, somebody according, there's according, a according hottie my, in Sophia, Bulgaria somewhere. According to my 23 and me... Where's my tall... Norwegian son, Knut. Well, Hashtag. According to my genealogy report, there's there's no Eastern European. Sorry, I'm going to tell you that Ivan is the most Eastern European possible. Ethan, drop everything at Linsen Corp. And, Research uh, that. Get on the internet. Use your, uh, use, use auto GPT. Use whatever it takes <laughs> at Linsen Corp to find out who Stuppen who in Norway in the 60s. When were you born? 61. We want to see flight logs of what was your dad's name? Paul. Paul. We need Paul Jensen's flight. You just figure this out. Yeah. Assign Drop it for everything. The next week. He's on it. He's on Drop it. everything, which means you have work to do finally uh, at Linsen Core. And um, it's cool. I'm staring at my guests, which is a new thing. We've, we've added a new technology where I can see my guest disappointment building as the show starts because they're going, wait a minute. I didn't know it was this bad. I thought I was going to be on a podcast just about me. And here's Howard just talking about uh, the goings-ons of the Jensen family in the mid-century. Uh, <laughs> it was very intriguing. This is very interesting. We've never offered up this this information. Mine's a straight name, Howard Andrew Linson. My parents didn't want to screw, but they screwed. And they had me. And uh, <laughs> they ruined the day. That marriage was doomed the minute I dropped out. Yeah, yeah, and that's was, what they all uh, said. They did not get along, and I took great joy in keeping them apart. Uh, it was all my <laughs> routines. It was my it was my early days. I needed all all the routines I could. Can it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, you had some great really, material for your stand up comedy. Here's the problem with the pot, because I'd like to take it to a very dark level. To the dark, it would be it would be darkness with Howard, kind of like Bruce Springsteen's breakout album, Darkness in the Edge of Town. I'd like to break out this podcast and really be Howard, be the Howard that Ellen knows but doesn't know, and be the Howard that fifty-six-year-old white men who are semi-rich uh, can look up to and say, "Wow, he's a truth speaker." So, um, where am I going with this? New name for it: True Panic with Howard. We're living anyways, after hours. There is this. There is this dark side that uh, I can't fully be true to myself because my mom now listens to the podcast because we bought her an iPad. Oh, no. And uh, maybe one of the worst decisions Howard's ever made or Howard's followers or Howard's, well, it's really my fabulous nieces, uh, bought her an iPad because instead of her calling me and saying, Howard, what are you doing today? CNN said there's trouble out there. Um, They got her an iPad and now she reads my blog every day. And I somehow figured out to listen to Panic with Friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she thinks you're fantastic, Canute. 
Well, thank you. I think this Ivan thing will throw a loop in. She's very, very, um, I would say racist. Uh, she doesn't think she is. She also doesn't think she needs meds. But uh, Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> yes, meds would work. And you are racist. But anyways, when she hears this Ivan news, she's going to have a lot of questions, unfortunately. And so I have to be very careful what I say on this pod because she is a listener. And if I felt that we could get her a microphone and that uh, I could trust her, she'd be a great guest. But I don't trust her because uh, she sees me much differently. I was much like, I was treated like a prince. This could be really interesting. I was treated like a prince as a child, which might explain some things too. So anyways, we do this show here called Panic with Friends, where it's not just about me and my phobias and a dark uh, childhood, where we talk to uh, good friends of mine who are out there building things. And this one happens to be a great company, born during COVID, I believe. And, you know, most people were investing over Zoom. We luckily have a lot of friends around the world that uh, picked up and as time went out, we didn't have to, we already knew them. So yes, we did stuff over Zoom, but we already knew them, had dinner with them, yelled at them. They've yelled at us. They fired us multiple times. And still that yet want to do business with us. So, so my guest today is one of our fast growing companies. The company is called Hello Walla. And we've had great success in the enterprise space around things like Hello Walla. But uh, Doug Hecht, and I go way back, now, he's been an LP in our fund before we were investors in his company over the years. So uh, I think he's a happy LP. We golf together. Not well, but we golf together. We talk strategy together. Great sense of humor. Uh, he's a great friend of the firm and a really seasoned, I would say, operator. All right. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the world that exists today because he has this this uh, madman background. Um, for eighteen years, he worked at built a firm called Digitaria, and that's where I I got to know him in San Diego when he was looking to invest in startups and knew who I was and invested in our funds. He, he left the dark side, started a company called Limber, uh, which was acquired by MindBody, if I'm not. We'll, we'll, we'll dig a little bit into that. And then was in the bowels of MindBody, which is really, I would say, one of the oldest, but yet hated uh, software products for the mind and body, for the yoga and wellness space, uh, bought by private equity every year, I think, kind of like the Dell Hotel in San Diego. It's just... It's being bought right now and sold again and <laughs> code being destroyed as we speak. And uh, really interesting industry, the mom, pa, the yoga slash um, pole dancing. I don't know. I think pole dancing. I hope poles. And because uh, I have a pole and I, I haven't, it's a Peloton pole that I have. That's a new product that they have. Uh, for $200 a month, they, it comes with a dancer. And uh, that's, that's what expensive. I told my wife. So just keep that between us. Yeah. I think she's wondering why there's a... Brazilian woman in her house with a pole. And I told her it was from Peloton. Gift. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's just a free idea to Peloton. Um, anyway, so he's told us he's panicked about remote work. I mean, here's a guy who spent 18 years demanding everybody in the office for creativity. So we know everybody's lying because we know how the world worked before COVID. And um, most importantly, you know, couldn't be a worse time, you would think, to back during COVID, a business built on getting small business back to work. So I want to hear the story. Company's going super fast. Probably one of the great products, again, not everybody gets to use this, is the product for small business and mid-sized business. 
and reservation and everything that goes beyond running a studio and small business around services like this. And uh, so then he lives in San Diego, which is dream life for me. He's got three kids. One's heading off to college. Not quite empty nest euphoria like Howard. Um, so he can't appreciate how great my life is. But maybe one day he too will get there. And he's in some Roman. He's in one of those fancy new gothic homes that uh, San Diego is known for. And uh, so let's uh, get him on the phone. Doug, you're on. Good morning. How are you? Hey, buddy. You look great. Thank you. Is it diet or is it uh, chemicals? Are you on that drug that Trump's on? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. A, I don't take my medical advice from Trump. Um, but uh, you know, we always wish we could be in a little better shape. I'm working on it. You're working, working on, on it. it. It's a grind, yeah. isn't it? Are you 50 yet? You're 50. Yeah, I'm 56. Oh, you're 50. So we are the same age. I'm I'm 57, going on 58. I've been telling people I'm 65 so that they at least comment that I look good. We're at this weird age, you and I, where like people go 56 and they look at you like, they're sizing you up like, yeah. how many years you got left to live and should they feel <laughs> sorry for you? And I have found a little trick that I'm giving away for free here to guess at this age is, tell them you're 65. People go, fuck, what are you doing? And a, yes, you've lied. It's a mini lie, but people will have a new respect for you. I am all for that. I think, um, <laughs> you know, you, uh, you and your prostate, they can't, they can't see what's really going on. Listen, so this is a danger right now. You see me drinking water. I, <clears throat> we will have to break because <laughs> I just had a sip of water and that goes right to, uh, I think, my Manscaped parts, which a plug for Manscaped there. Now, you were in San Diego, a hotbed of startups. We now have Walla there. You started Limber there. I found it an impossible place to start a company when I started Stock Twitter. It was hard to get people to like commit to anything with blue skies and beaches and lots to do outside. But now that you're there... What is it like starting a company in San Diego where there's so much other stuff to do? You know, I, th I think it's getting better. I, as you know, I've, um, I've spent many years working with people around San Diego to get startups here. Yeah. I've, I've invested in a lot of startups here on purpose, uh, trying to focus on San Diego. And uh, I think it's getting better. You know, I think with everything going on in San Francisco, we've been able to pull or keep the engineers that come out of school here. More and more people want to come down to San Diego. So it's getting better. I mean, we have some, some unicorns here now. Um, uh, Drad has done well, and Science.com has done well. And so I, I think we're, we're seeing it turn around here in San Diego. Listen, I'm living the life San Diego, Phoenix, so I'm biased. But San Diego is the greatest place on earth. You know, forgetting taxes for the moment. And, and, and again, I'm on Coronado where my tax dollars go to great use. <laughs> really? Like, I mean, everything's paved and clean and no crime. Yeah. Uh, it's a military base. But the rest of California is kind of fucked up. But it is just such a great place. So what was your draw to San Diego? Yeah, you know, I, I'm from here. I'm one of the few, right? Oh, okay. So I, I, I grew up here. I went to college at UCSD here. And um, so I have this weird perception that it's not as great as it really is. Got it. I, I, I see you traveling to Tel Aviv and I hear your stories. And, and I keep thinking, based on the taxes, it is time to, time to get out. Yeah. And everybody says I'm crazy. But I don't, I don't well, have Well, you are a little bit crazy, but you have kids that are still in school. Have you thought about leaving? Like, oh, yeah. Where, where would be a city that you would go to? Have you, you and the missus plotted this? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I love Park City. Near a major. Yeah, Tom and Gary now are there. Yeah, yeah my partners are there. Near a major airport. You can get a yeah. lot of places quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife loves Nashville. I don't think I could be. I heard not. I, listen, I'm going far. there again. It's just crowded and weird. It's getting, it's getting crowded. And mm -hmm. the airport, I don't think, is big enough to get to mm -hmm. be useful. Um, 
I don't know. Then you run out of places, right? No, Phoenix is up there, man. I mean, I know really? the summers okay. are brutal, but it's really spectacular. And you have a great airport. And honest to God, if you're a person of sound mind, you want a great airport. First, yep. location, like San Diego's was phenomenal for me. Um, that's why I loved it. You know, the taxes were brutal, but I had the benefit of like the government really fixing things on the island other than the ocean. That's a whole nother story with these crazies. But everything worked beautifully on Coronado, including the public school relative. So you pay the taxes and you smile. Yeah. Um, but anywhere else in California, I would say no. But Phoenix really is from airport to diversification to weather to access to California, access to Park City, Colorado, Mexico. Uh, it's the last bastion of, uh, I'm, I am now Mr. Phoenix boy. Okay. So, uh, consider it. it's place to, it's place to consider four or five months a year. It's fantastic. And I don't think they check once you, once you sneak out of California, Phoenix, no one's checking. So let's get down to, um, real life. You're a great parent. We talk about the kids all the time. Let's talk about your child. Hello, Walla. This wasn't an over. This goes to entrepreneurship where it's just like domain experience built on domain experience built on like I know what the customer wants. So, you know, you're not you're you're not a youngin. This is your, you know, another shot on goal. You started this company post 50 years old. What was it about Walla that uh, got you off the bench? You know, I, I think getting off the bench is easy for me. I, I don't like being on the bench. I've Well, you're an operator, so yeah. Yeah. I've I've taken a few months on the bench now and then, and um, hopefully my wife doesn't listen to your podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna tell you the way I look at it is somebody told yeah. me don't get on the wife's org chart. Ooh. And I said, well, what does that mean? And they said, don't, don't worry about it. But if you take some time off, don't, you'll, you'll know what I mean. About a week <laughs> in, you know, well, where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna go hit some golf balls. Oh, can you pick this up on the way home? Oh, okay, yeah. no problem. Yeah. You pick up the you're head school, of ops. No problem. You're head, you're head of home ops. Well, except you, you don't have that. You have the responsibilities, but no authority. Yes. Right. You just point. you're just tasked. Right. Yeah. And so I quickly got on the org chart, and I realized that, um, you know, one, I think you know you need to have purpose. You know, mm -hmm. it, there's something about nobody emailing you that gets a little bit worrisome. Like nobody really cares where you are, what you're doing. Um, so, so I think you need to have purpose. But also, you're going to do something. Like, it's, I'm not an empty nester, though. I don't. I can't have the life of leisure. My wife works very hard, mm -hmm. and I just became an assistant to that hard work. Mm -hmm. And I'm better at doing other things, so I have to get off the bench. Plus, you're an operator. Like, I know you are because of your past success. So it's exciting for us. We believe the world is short operators. Therefore, it would be a shame if guys like you sat on the bench. We are so short operators as this last bubble. Uh, has kind of shown out. So, so yeah. you went back to the same kind of thing. What was the itch that you were scratching? You just you were working inside the beast that is mind body. Is yep. it as bad as people say about old software companies? Now you were on both sides of the fence there, but I used to remember you just laughing about it. Yeah, you know it's um it's it's a twenty year old software company, and I think they have all the problems of twenty years software company that that has never really replatformed that you're going to have. Um, so it's very difficult, you know. See, it's, it's hard to take complex systems and make them simple, right? Yeah. And so we just looked at it and thought, let's start with simple. Let's let's ask clients what they want. Let's look at how they work. Mm -hmm. Let's work our way up from there. Let's start simple and avoid complication at all costs, and only add it as necessary. But so I think we have the, in some way, the last mover advantage here. Um, I like that. So, 
I think yes. everything post Web two is last mover advantage right now. Absolutely. It's like Web two. And you and I are old enough to know this. It was a fucking stupid. Like I mean, I loved everything about it because it uh, gave me you know a sense of identity around speed and accomplishment. But I think things move so fast that nothing got done on many levels. Right? There's just this blur of written code that there was no passion in it. There's no true. It was just freemium gone wild. And no one really built stuff from the ground up. And I say this with Uber in mind. Uber's the greatest product ever. Uber. And I take taxis more than I've taken since Uber started in year 2023. I'm like, so software didn't solve that problem. In fact, software has driven me to taxis, which is like a death race. I took a taxi <laughs> in New York, which was like literally playing a video game with your death on the line versus waiting 10 minutes for an Uber. So I chose death over safety. <laughs> Which well, is pretty amazing because Uber's not a bad app. So, yeah. like, that's like Web 2's a blur of like stuff that we might not have ever needed. You know, I, I think we're coming back a little yes. bit. Yes. Oh, know, yeah. And, and now we're getting swings. into the craft. We'll get back yeah. to the craft of being an entrepreneur and building product that lasts. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I think about your, uh, your AT80 investment strategy quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I'm taking all of your advice on everything financial. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I think that's that's how I look at even the the new technology, the new apps. I mean, we're seeing push, we're seeing blowback on Airbnbs and uh, Verbo, and everything has to come back to center eventually. I think we just got there so fast, and now so with fast. AI, we're racing again into that. Let's make everything AI. We just don't know where that end is because we. Yeah, can't. I'm telling founders to just take AI out of their pitch. If they can't raise money without AI in the pitch, they probably shouldn't be doing the pitch. I I agree. I think it's a well, in you know, in what we're doing, there's always been some level of AI, just in course, which Common is called is AI. GPT, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I'm excited about some of the time-saving things that AI is allowing us, and but it's not going to revolutionize how people visit a yoga studio. No. So and so that's really what it comes down to. Hello, all was born around how do we make this studio experience better for is the customer first is the customer the actual customer that walks in the studio or is the customer the studio itself or do you have to think through both perfectly we have to think through both perfectly i think you know our our client our customer the yoga studio they want their their client to have a great booking experience and they they want to send them emails and do marketing to them but they don't want to bother them it's just a constant battle between you know how do we give them tools to communicate with their clients properly without letting them do too much and and ruin that relationship. But um, but what made my body special for so many years is they built a just a very large piece of software that's incredibly flexible and um, and the studios love it. They, they, they don't love the way it was built anymore. I mean, I think there's a lot of issues like I said in 20 years, but they love flexibility. They love to be able to do anything they want, even if it's Got really it. hard, even if it doesn't make sense or isn't intuitive, they still figure it out and they want to do things that are complicated, even though they shouldn't. You, you think running a yoga studio would be fairly straightforward? It's unbelievably complicated. I believe Unbelievably you. complicated. So mm -hmm. that's what we set out to do is simplify the, the relationship between our customer and their clients and simplify how those clients run their business. And that's where we're really winning is it's just a much better product. Um, it's much more simple to use. Our customers su support is amazing. Um, you know, it's just, it's almost just stepping back and saying, one thing the agency has allowed me to do is work on a lot of different types of industries with 
a lot of different types of businesses. And so we always had to apply best of breed across anything we did. And we're bringing mm-hmm. that to fitness. We're not looking at mm-hmm. it and saying, look, let's just be marginally better than whoever's out there. We're mm-hmm. saying, let's make this, you know, best of breed for any industry. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because as we matured as a firm, you know, Fund One, we were, you're an LP of ours, so you've seen the, the results. They were great. I don't think anybody's ever complained, including myself, meaning Robinhood customer. You know, we believed in what we believed, but we weren't, it was still a different way of how we thought about investing. And by Fund Three, which Wall is in, and, and Marble Law, which is in the legal space, and yeah, Alpaca, which is in fintech, but we have uh, Robin Healthcare in the healthcare space. We have One Up Health in the healthcare space. Yeah, it, it just feels like a better expression of who we are, and we've just come into your own as an entrepreneur or as both an investor. You know, like there's some excitement to these emerging managers, and I guess Fund Three still emerging managers. But as I look through our Fund Three portfolio, which you're in, it's just like we're so much better at like thinking about how it is as as operators. And again, it's like vintages of wine. Sometimes you just get lucky. And so how did you think about, because you, you raised money, it was a no-brainer to us because you're a founder that we can back, but the timing was weird, right, because of COVID. So I can't remember when you started versus COVID and how long you had to be patient for. So how did that all work? Yeah, we started in March of 2020, which I think is the shutdown. So that's when we funded you, right? Right, uh, as it was starting? Shortly thereafter, yeah, a couple months yeah, thereafter. Sure, yeah, Um But yeah, we, we decided to do this like the month COVID Locked us yeah. down. I wanted to call your yoga company VIX90. And, you know, you said people won't understand that in a little while. Trust me, Howard. So I'm not a good marketing person, but I thought, wow, people remember you started this company at VIX90. Yes. The uh, So, yeah, so so you didn't care. You just had an idea to build this software and it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we knew that, first of all, like, like I said, MindBody is a large piece of software. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the audience we're going after because they needed a better solution. Um, and we knew it would take time to build. That's that is the you know the moat isn't quality, you know the moat is just sheer number of features and abilities, Got and, it. and we needed to get there. So we needed to to get to feature parity. So mm-hmm. we knew it would take some time. We knew people would come back to the gym, and and the the space was really booming prior to the, prior to COVID. So people were still going where they could in Texas. They were still they were still full. You know, studios yeah. were still full. So we knew they'd come back, and we knew we had probably two years till we were really up and running where we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's worked out. I mean, uh, I think in uh, one of the funds, you have an investor or some some relationship with Yoga Loft in Manhattan Beach, or I think Mike, well, Mike, no, Mike does, yeah. Okay. Um, one, one, of your, one of your guys. And, uh, you know, they had a great January. People came back this year. So we're excited that, you know, people are getting back to the gym. I think it speaks to the social aspects of it. Uh, people want to get out and see people. Oh man, dude, events businesses. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I call myself guilty because I liked Zoom life. Yeah. I could, I could truly hide out and be the antisocial person that I like to be. I like watching movies with Ellen, um, my daughter, whoever's around. I can do nothing. I am wired to be drugged in a way that I can also be busy 24 yeah. 7. So, COVID was like a forced uh, slowdown for me. So, it was heaven. Uh, and I felt like I could get my shit together. But the idea of investing through COVID was horrifying to yeah. me, meaning other than you, I couldn't bring myself to write checks to people I didn't know. And that worked out for me. It wasn't that I wasn't working. I just couldn't get comfortable rushing into a deal. And for you, it worked out because you've been patiently building. Like you, you, you were never valuation focused. You guys were always about just building a great business. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, now with, you know, the, the challenges today are more about just the funding market. You know, it has yeah. nothing to do with COVID in our case or where we are as a software as a software company. It's, you know, COVID really never entered the picture for us. We sort of built through that. And, and now it's when it's becoming more interesting looking at funding and, you know, how people make those decisions. And so where are you at today? You've raised a Series A, so that's been no problem. Where are you at with focus on the company? The product's built, you're constantly building, but how many studios are now are you? Because you're going very deliberately here. So so how many studios, if you can share some of the metrics that matter? Yeah, there's a, there's about 200 studio locations now signed up. And what's the TAM of this? How many studios? Are there a 20,000, 50,000? Yeah, we, we think there's probably 30,000 in the U.S. Okay. Um we will go enterprise at some point fairly soon, and that'll open that up to probably about 60,000. What does that mean? You would go to like an F45 or you would yeah. go to a bigger chain? Yeah, our, our platform works really well if you have multiple gyms. Got it. But it doesn't work yet on the enterprise level where you might have a franchisor and then the franchisees, and they have a different level of reporting that they need to see. So it. it's, a, it's a 10% change, really. It's not a big change, but you know they're longer sales cycles, um, and it's a very uh, deliberate choice we have so to make. So the 200 right now are deliberate because it's all independent. They're all independents, um, you know, multi-gym in many cases, but all single loader. Got it. And is it all yoga or is what's, you know, we, I was joking about pole dancing, but what is, is there a new, new thing or is yoga still the thing? Uh, you know, yoga is probably still the biggest. I think, you know, kind of the hot new thing is Legree. And which- what's Legree? Legree. Because I think I had a case of that at one point during COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. Legree, I'm going to mess this up because I, unfortunately I don't do enough Legree. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Legree is like a, it's kind of like an offshoot of Pilates. It looks much more painful than something that would put me down for a few days. Mm. So I try to avoid Legree. But, um, but people who do Legree love it. Love it. We have a fantastic- so is it high intensity? You know, it's not necessarily high intensity. But there's a lot of stress, so it, it's on like a reformer type machine, like a Pilates would be. Yeah. But it's but they there's much more. They tweak you. They go yeah. to eleven. Yeah, much more time. They go to eleven. So let me, yeah. Knut, you're laughing. You know what movie that I is? I know. Spinal Tap. Yes, sir. We are starting to have some fun filing this. We need. You know what? We're gonna have a month of fifty year old interviews where everybody's <laughs> fifty and understands exactly what I'm talking about. Ethan's yeah. over here smiling, and he's nineteen, and nobody's smiling, but no. he's probably. Talk, thinking about a girl and a lollipop, the uh, but us fifty year olds we know. So so hang on. So what about hit high intensity? Yeah, yeah. Still, like, I mean hit's okay. still big. Dude, um, let me tell you something about hit. It kicked my ass. Have you done yeah, a hit class? I have. Yes. So I just was in Europe. I was just telling Ethan this story last year. I could, dude, because I signed up for this. I'm at a fancy dancy Amsterdam hotel. Maybe it's their conservatorium. I can't remember if I've recommended this hotel, but all my friends go there, and it's just this hotel. Just gets better. It's overpriced, whatever, but it's the sparkling, fantastic Dutch hotel in Amsterdam, which in Amsterdam didn't have great hotels forever. Um, and Web2 did force the game of certain cities like Amsterdam up their game because of Airbnb and Yelp and all these rating things. So, you know, there is pluses. Amsterdam is the greatest Web2 city of, you know, thank God. But anyways, I'm at this hotel. And one of the services, they like have classes. I'm like, classes? How many people could be in a class? I'm in a hotel. Like everybody's probably fat and German. And uh, so I sign up for this class. 
uh, and I'd just been, I mean, as good a shape as I can be in, still a bit of a sloth, but I, you know, I'd just come out of the Alps riding and I had my one boo-boo on my elbow from riding in, in Jerusalem. So I can't do, um, what do you call them, planks? Can't do planks. The only thing I can't, I go to the instructor, I go, I can't do planks. He's like cut out of a stone, this guy. And there's like a chubby girl. And that's it. I tell him I'm 65, just so he can take <laughs> it easy on me. He goes, oh, you look good for 65. And so it's working. Everything's working. And I don't look good at this point, even for 65, like, because my clothes, by this time, I had run out of clean clothes. So I'm on, like, third generation of the same cycling clothes and so i'm i'm like from uh charlie brown the guy with the cloud following me and the sweat cloud following me into this class and so, so now i'm competing with this young girl and she's doing everything that this jose is telling her to do jump and we're doing some stuff that i am gassed within 10 minutes yeah. of this hour class and i gotta tell you this high intensity thing i first of all loved it second of all hated it and I was sore more than I've been sore from any other workout. So that shit must work. High intensity. Oh, yeah. I'm, this, there's something to this high intensity training that's fantastic. Well, it, it, as long as we got all old guys in the room, you know, yeah. I still love P90X. Like, I, yeah, I had that too during COVID. What's that? Does that affect you know, your yeah, peeing? That, Does that affect how you go to the bathroom? It just burns a little more, but. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's the old number. <laughs> that, that should be the name of our podcast. Howard Lindsay, and it just burns a little more. <laughs> So anyways, what's this P90X? Uh, remember, they, they shipped it on DVDs, and it was like Tony Horton, and they send you a box hmm. of DVDs and some bands, but it was just, it's basically just, you know, push-ups and it works. curls, and it's just old school. I, I still believe like anything you do consistently for 20 minutes a day is going to work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm into this longevity thing, so I'm all, you know, I'm into this hot yoga, I'm into all this stuff. So 200 studios, is it mostly California, or are you branching out of California? Is, is this like an 80-20 thing where you're California, New York, Texas? Or no, is it- it's, it's all U.S., um, so that's the other choice we have to make is uh, when to go international. Mm-hmm. Um, that opens up the TAM quite a bit. No, but I'm also U.S. Is it yeah, very much like no. three states controls 20,000 or no? Um, I mean, obviously California and New York are by far the biggest. But, yeah. but for us, not necessarily. We have, you know, a good number of New York studios. We have a good number of LA studios, San Diego, San Francisco. But we're everywhere. We have studios in Wisconsin and, you know, Philadelphia and Oklahoma, all over the place. Now, you're a marketing guy. So, and we've known this from Enterprise for a long time. There are a lot of lies in Enterprise. I have a really big beef with some of the podcasters out there. They know yeah. who they are. And um, this is not just about having the best product, you got to market. Like the best product doesn't necessarily win, as we know in my body. Yeah. So how do you measure that knowing all you know about marketing and growth and how do you accomplish it all? How do you think about that as a marketing mind? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, mind body's always been, and I think we're the same way, is, is highly sales driven. You know, I'd like to think PLG and we do things that we can do in the product to um, particularly encourage upsells and things like that. But it's, this is still, we know where the studios are. We're still calling. You know, we do a lot mm-hmm. of calling. So from the marketing side, you know, we just, it's almost old school of frequency. You know, we're, we're doing Google ads and we're doing display ads, programmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing all the normal things, social. But it's more about frequency. I think that what we look at is the moment of intent for our clients. The chance of calling or hitting somebody with an ad at their moment of intent where they're saying, look, I've had it. I can't handle this <laughs> software I'm on today. Yeah, they're going to have that moment in the next six months. We know that. Mm-hmm. We know that. But to think that we're going to get them or make a call that day is is slim. So we just Got have it. to be there. We have to be yeah. top of mind. So we're doing a ton of content. 
Got it. We publish a ton of content and, um, and you know, we're, we're expecting that the sales call that's going to work is going to be the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. We're going to build a relationship with these people and, uh, just, you know, prove that we're here for the long term and, and are concerned about their business. So, and are they price sensitive? I mean, these are studios and I don't know what the turnover is at these independent studios and how many customers it takes for them to run a profitable business. I know these stretch labs are doing well and yeah, I actually like the product to the point where I can't make an appointment half the time. So I'm a, kind of a dissatisfied customer because like haircuts, I just expect to be able to get stretched when I walk into a stretch lab and it's like, no, yeah. we're busy. So I know it's working yep. and it's one of the simplest ideas ever. Could Hello Wallet work for that type of business? Absolutely. Or what are they, or did they build something off their shelves? For themselves. No, that we we in fact we have a new stretch company in San Diego that just signed up. So I'm very excited for that space. I don't yeah. know if it's good or bad. I mean, true deep tissue massage is fantastic as a cyclist, but I do feel good when I get off when someone does a good job and I feel a little bit longer. I do like Stretch Lab for some reason. I'm kind of sold on it. Yeah, no, that is you talked about the hotter uh, modalities, and that's definitely one of them. Is Stretch yeah, we're not predicting that in a hundred years, but uh, well done by somebody then. Now, are they franchise or are they uh, all corporate owned? I don't know about Stretch Lab themselves. It's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to do some work and try and close that for, for Walla. I appreciate that. So right now, would you consider yourself more of a product company or a sales company? We are shifting into more of a sales company, I would say. Um you know, I think at our at our stage, we launched about a year ago now, so we're still early. Mm-hmm. But we're we're really pushing both sides of it to to prove which one's going to work better. Um, mm-hmm. So we are pushing product forward. We are launching a brand new marketing automation system this month, which allows them to do all sorts of fancy communication. That's the key trick is yeah. to get their people to have butts and seats or feet yeah. on floor. I don't know. Is it feet on floor or butts and seats? What do they call it? I've never heard feet on floor. So what's the term in the industry? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know if I don't know, it'd be something on mats, maybe, or on some. I don't know. Good question. So, is there anything creative that can be done, or is it just a relentless pursuit of customer acquisition? Well, I mean, it's ninety percent or ninety-five percent relentless pursuit, persistence. And what are you um, seeing in the marketplace? Is it just MindBody, or is there like hundreds of little software doohickey companies that are? have a few features. What are you seeing in the industry? Is it just, I hear nothing but love. Like I have friends who have studios and they call me and they're like so excited that uh, you hooked up with them. And I think it was Mike Dean you were talking about. Yeah, Mike about, Dean. About yeah, that's history. right. He's the man. Yeah. So what are you, what are you hearing? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of little guys. We, we talk about ourselves as tier one mm-hmm. and you know, tier one is us, another competitor, and then mind bodies in tier one. Got it. And, and we, so there's three of you is what you, you would say it as. That's how we position it because the, what the three of us can do is just far and away what the others can do. Got now, it. the others will sell, they can do what we can do, but they can't really. Right. Um, so Got there's it. a lot of smaller players and they go cheaper. And what they don't understand yet is unit economics don't work. They just won't work. I mean, one thing in my body we knew is that whenever the competition would come up, we never really worried because we knew all the flaws they had in their systems and all the mistakes they were making. We just knew they wouldn't be around much longer. And it proved out. I think even in 2010, when Bessemer invested in my body, they called out like 60 competitors and, you, wow. and you've never heard of any of them anymore. And even yeah. when I was there in 2017, 18, uh, the people that were coming up that everybody was so worried about, you know, most of them are either irrelevant or already gone. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. I mean, these businesses are hard. Yeah. And you were already acquired once by MindBody. Yeah. So you've been on both sides of this Absolutely. industry. And um, 
Uh, what's been the best story about the software and helping somebody? Like, what's the aha moment for the for the owner? Um, you know, there's there's quite a few. I mean, I think when we looked at our stats recently, we saw that uh, studios that had joined Walla, they were up about 220% uh, revenue-wise since joining. Uh, some of that was probably some January effect, but I'll take credit for the rest of it. Sure. Um, you know, that's a great story that their, their revenue's picked up. Um, there's plenty of stories about us saving them time and money and they get back to spending time with their clients. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, we if we can drive their revenue up and, and ensure that they're getting back to their clients at the right time and getting them to convert to memberships and encouraging them to come back, that's that's really it for us. And how do you think of the fintech side of this? I forget. We've chatted about this, but who's your fintech partner? How do you think about that? Because the transaction yeah. is part of the business. Yeah. So we use Stripe today. Um, and, uh, you know, Stripe's great. Eventually down the road, we'll look at uh, some of the pay facts that are a little less expensive. Mm-hmm. But what Stripe gave us from day one was a, a, a few subroutines, invoicing and subscriptions and things that we needed because we hadn't had time to develop them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Are most of the studios modern? Or are they using Square or some type of uh, modern format or no? No, everything runs through us. So our software runs on you know iPad. I, uh, most of them are running on, on so phone. So you give away an iPad as part of this? No, they, they bring their own. Most Like I said, most are running on the phone, so they just need a mobile phone. Everything we do is responsive. So And Got then it. we give them a Stripe terminal. And so when Got you it. hit checkout on your mobile phone, it fires Saves up the terminal. Saves them a lot of money. And uh, they can run the cards with the terminal and back into our system. So, um, but we're looking at, you know, uh, insurance as a service, payroll as a service, lending as a service. Um, you know, these are, you know, SMBs are busy. The more we, yeah. we can package together for them and give them one throat to choke, the better off yeah. they'll be. And what are you seeing on the macro side? I mean, you're bullish and we talk about this, but what do you see on the macro side? Because this is really ground level SMB. Yeah. And post-COVID, like COVID's over, so we know that. And what's what's the enthusiasm out there? Like, what's the macro like for these studios? Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I think if uh, January was uh, it was the biggest month we've seen so far, but it's also, from a relative point of view, the spike in January is bigger than previous Januaries. So January is always the biggest. Um, I always told the fatty, there's a, I think it was Foursquare did the fatty solstice story where, <laughs> where um, the, like the first of the year, first week of January, uh, gym visits at an all-time high, and fast food visits are at an all-time low. And then there's like huh. the second week of February, they cross. Yeah, and I think it was Foursquare called it the fatty solstice, where now fast food visits went up above, you know, workouts and workouts came down. But you know, we've seen that same pattern, but it's higher. People are getting back uh, at a higher rate than they used to, and I think um, we're seeing new studios open, which is great. So I, I'm bullish on it. I, I think people are people want the social interaction. I think now we've been a little more honest about COVID where we're now it's okay to admit that healthier people did better through COVID. Yeah. Right. I think that was a little mm-hmm. taboo at the beginning mm-hmm. to talk about that. Now mm-hmm. I think we know that maybe we could take it into our own hands and get healthy and, you know, ward off disease. And then finally, on what you're panicked about, you see it, I see it, and I see it for my daughter. I'm, my son's in the complete opposite. He's in, at playing outside golf all the time. And in the golf program, my daughter loves her company, loves her job, but it's Zoom. And I'm like, this isn't normal. Your boss is yeah. in another city that she hasn't met. And I worry, like, at least New York's a very social city. So she goes out and she works out and she goes out with friends every night. So to her, it's just a new normal. To me, it's like I just, she grew up on the office, right? It's nice to hear her giggling in the other room. And I, and I tell the story over and over because 
that I think was her fantasy. We had Gilligan's Island as kids. Like it was all true fantasy. You're not going to get stranded on a desert island with Ginger and Marianne. Um, Still holding out. And if it could happen, we would have wished that would have happened. Right. And it wasn't going to be Brady Bunch where Howard meet your three new hot sisters. Anything goes, uh, because <laughs> look at me, I married, uh, I married their mom. Uh, so that was our fantasy or Hogan's heroes were like, I'm going to be, uh, it won't be so bad. I'll be in a, I'll be in a prison war, but the Germans are idiots. So those are my three shows, but, uh, you've lost everybody. Now I forget what I was going to say, but what I was going to say is she grew up with the office fantasy, yeah. which was the boss is an idiot, but he was there every day. The office romance, you know, the downstairs, the plant that didn't respect the people upstairs, you know, the bosses, the drama, the politics, the drunk salesman, you know, the idiot that gets all the credit that and that I used to hear that was her fantasy, even though she thought it was a show that was and then real life work is nothing like that. And that wasn't that long ago. It was like the best show for a generation. And now there is no office. So I think there is something really wrong. And I worry about it. What are you seeing? You know, I don't know if she's laughing because that's her fantasy or she's laughing at how stupid her parents are. Right. I think that's both. Like, I think our, our kids- she will. When we get together, she will watch these shows like you would watch your favorite show. She'll, she'll sit with me and just giggle. Yeah, hoping that I giggle at the same. I think it's more fantasy because the office romance sure. and that it was a team and they rallied around things, you know, and they had meetings, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, back back to the uh, uh, Digitaria days, we had yeah about 125 people in the office here in San Diego, and some of those relationships, many many of those relationships, are still going very very strong today. So I know sure. people whose entire friend group came out of that office. And I still have many people that I talk to from that office on a regular basis. And, you know, you, you went to lunch with them every day. There was a happy hour maybe every day. But, and, you know, you work through challenges and you solved problems with them every day. Um, you learn to deal with a lot of different types of people. So you're not just in sort of a homogenous group of people that, you know, have your same affinity. Mm-hmm. You had to work with a bunch of different types of people. And so I think that, you know, aside from the quality of work and all that, I mean, I still think the social part you know, getting to know different types of people, getting out of your comfort zone of who you're interacting with, you know, even small talk. You know, you're seeing somebody in the kitchen and from a different department, you got to figure out how to say something to them. You know, you lose all that with remote. You know, you're just trying not to step on toes with the Zoom microphone. And so what are you thinking about as you grow? You know, sitting here in my sweatpants and working every day as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate the solitude at times. But there's plenty of days that I think that I'm frustrated that we can't collaborate more quickly. So, you know, I do think it has to go hybrid. I, I wouldn't object to going back full time. I think there's a lot to be gained. But, you know, in those days we used to, we used to talk about all the time, like, should we have cubicles? Should we have open offices? That, remember, before COVID, open office was the devil. Yeah. We went to open office and everybody said, oh my God, nobody can work anymore because we have an open office. And then they put it in cubicles and they said, oh my God, nobody can collaborate anymore because everybody's in a cubicle. So we, we used yeah. to fight about different things and we've forgotten about those things. I think you gotta mm-hmm. I think you gotta do both. And I think it depends on the, the type of work you're doing. Engineers yeah. need focus. You're like a composer, you gotta deal with all these different new problems. Right. So uh, but it seems like you're enjoying it, so I'm excited for so you. Yeah, we have great people. Our clients are great. Um, what's the big hairy audacious goal? It would be a thousand gyms? Like what's the metric that matters to you? I mean the big goal really is ten thousand at this point. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, but but I think we're going to be patient, and persistent, and um, you know, we 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 spent the first year making sure our clients loved us, and uh, we we hope we've accomplished that. Um, and now we're building product at a high velocity. So, yeah. So it's hellowalla.com for people who know uh, studio owners or want to help us out. They won't be disappointed in the product. Um, how big is the team now? Twenty. It's about thirty-five now. Wow. I think last time I checked 20. Yeah. So great. And you got Gary there in San Diego to chat with, so that's good. Yeah, we have a great group of investors, and um, our clients are fantastic. They always give us feedback, so it's going good. All right, my man. Well, hellowalla.com. I'm glad to catch up here. It's fun. And uh, I'm going to see you over the summer, so that'll be great. We'll get together and hit a few balls. Are you hitting them at all? I, I haven't hit them at all. Well, I just got back from Piners. That's what I was telling you. And Ooh. It was, uh, have you been there? I've been there, and I used to have game when I played there. It's still tough. I remember uh, it just being brutally tough. The, the greens and impossible. the approach shots. Yeah, impossible. But did you play the part three course? The cradle, yes. And did you enjoy that? No, it's fantastic. You're barefoot, drinking your hand. Yeah. So clubs. wait, till you see what we're building? Fun four. You're our uh, grass clippings company in Phoenix. Oh, okay. So we're building a we're building a part three uh, masterpiece. Uh, that's awesome. I, it's it's a great experience. I mean, the place is like Disneyland for golfers, and yeah. it's just hard. Really hard. It's just a grind. Yeah. yeah, and we're getting old. The grind is not real. Yeah, but I still respect grind your is... game. I you you hit it down the middle. Doesn't go super far, but it's straight down the middle. Yeah, that was see the way you insulted me. Or you just called me a lady. Well, no, I, I, but, I call that uh, I call that old man golf. Yeah, it is old man. I I'm not an old man, and I golf like an old man, and that's very frustrating to me. And um, I'm kind of parked my game until I have time to dedicate to play a little younger. It's really interesting as an older person, I refuse to act my age and golf is making me feel older the way I hit the ball. So it's just, I think you can't do all things well and golf is one of those sports that will creep and eat you a lot. The way these young people play golf is just fascinating. The club head speed and the, yes. and the reckless, the, the ability to just mentally tune out to like the travesties of the game. Well, I, you know, fascinating. playing with your son, I just forgot that I, that I ever could actually move in those ways. My back would turn like that or Yeah, and they just all learned it in a different way. And that goes to yoga too. The amount of talented people that just go to these classes and really just enjoy yoga is fascinating. It's really it's really I mean, even Ethan, you're doing hot yoga. It's a fascinating sport. It's not going away. Yoga is just stronger than ever. Yeah. And uh, uh I think it'll continue. I mean we're we're finding all these other, like you said, stretch and legree and you know, there's something for everybody. Okay, awesome. Well, you're the man. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Let you get back to work. And uh, we'll check in in the next year or so. Yeah, let me know when you're in town. All right, buddy. Bye. Talk to you soon. See you soon. So, Canute. Yeah? Old salty pro. Yeah. Ethan? Smart guy. Well, yeah, he's smart. They're always smart, but it's impressive the way, you know, it's quiet. Those quiet companies that we've built up where Mm -hmm. there's no hoopla, no promotion. They just got to build and but they have so much domain experience, which is still the killer piece. Yeah. Where he knows that like competition doesn't matter, they've mispriced everything because if you price this thing too low, your yoga instructors just run you out of business with phone calls and support calls. So these are very complicated. They sound like, oh, let's throw some software at this, but no, there's intricate. Oh yeah. Intricate enterprise operations that you need to know. All right. Well that was fun for me. That is a portfolio company, Hello Walla. And that was Doug Hecht, who's a great entrepreneur in San Diego of all places. So there's there's winners ha- all over the place in this world, uh, not just San Francisco and New York. 
You are listening to Panic with Friends. I am Howard Lindzen. Search my name or Panic with Friends on Google, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you will see Panic with Friends. Subscribe, please. You will get a podcast every Thursday. Uh, we talk to founders, investors, traders, speculators, talk about trends and how to get a little bit ahead of everybody. Thanks, Knut. Thanks, Ethan. We'll see everybody next week. Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.